Hello and welcome back to New Paradigm Healing. This series focuses on ayahuasca-assisted therapy. And our intention is to educate, inform, and support the conscious and responsible use of ayahuasca in a Western context. My name is Jessica Gooden. And my name is Nina And you're listening to episode four, where we'll dive deeper into the world of the mother ayahuasca by dispelling popular myths. But Nina, you can say more about this since your book is just about to come out and you go much deeper into this topic. Yes, thank you, Jessica. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's a really long time in the making, many, many years, and uh, I can't even fully believe that it's like almost uh, finished. And hopefully in a couple of weeks, it will be available for everybody. So stay tuned and sign up for our mailing list at avatarhealingguys.com to receive your copy when it comes out. I just put my heart and love and all of my experience and wisdom in this book with the intention to have other people who wish to undertake this journey. I'm so excited that it's coming out soon. So thank you for asking about it. And we're gonna talk a little bit about dispelling popular myths. But if you want to go deeper, definitely sign up for a mailing list and uh, read the book when it comes out. Yes, definitely. I want to be the first to know. Thank God I'm already signed up for your mailing list so that I can know about your book launch, all of the new episodes, and all of your upcoming trainings and the training that we'll be creating together. And in addition, if you all would like to help us spread our message by following us and sharing our episodes with your friends. All right, so let's get down to the myths. I think our first myth is probably one of the ones that I hear the most, which is that ayahuasca is going to heal you. Totally. I, I, I totally agree. I think this is one of the most popular myths. I think the reason for that, especially in the West, is that we have this mindset in terms of medicine and medication that you have a problem and there is a pill for that problem and you take that pill and you're going to get cured. The pill will heal you. And if you look at the advertisement in the mainstream media, for example, I think every second advertisement is advertising some kind of pill that you can take for some kind of ailment. So that's, that's uh, one of the big reasons why we have this mindset that if you have a problem, you take a pill for that and your problem is going to go away. So I think that mindset is transferred you know to the ayahuasca and people think about the same way about the ayahuasca as they would think about a pharmaceutical and uh, a lot of people have this expectation and this misconception that if they go to an ayahuasca ceremony and drink this medicine then afterwards voila happily ever after (laughs) and everything is going to be lovely you know and all the pain and suffering will and of course it's not like that my experience is that you are the healer like you are the only person who can heal yourself and put yourself back together and love yourself and integrate yourself and the medicine is a great ally uh, on this journey and a great helper and the great guide of 
how to do this. Definitely a big support, but really the main character and the main player in this game, in this journey, is the person who is participating in his or her healing process. So what do you think, Jessica, about that? Yeah, I hear this all the time from not just my clients, but also if I go to another random ceremony or just people asking me questions about ayahuasca in general, they're just like, oh, you just have to take it once and then abracadabra, wave your magic wand and boom, your life is fixed. But honestly, I'm hearing what you're saying and we are the only ones that can heal ourselves. We are the ones that got us into whatever functional movement patterns, the pain, just emotional situations or lifestyles or whatever. Those things are what is ultimately needs to change so that we can heal. So the ayahuasca will give us the insights, like a guide, like a tool, like what you were saying, Nina, but ultimately you're the one that has to do the work. So I totally, I totally resonate with that. Absolutely. And I think that uh, we both remember over individual experiences that it's quite the contrary, actually, the journey. So after the ceremony, you are heading into kind of like a dark night of the soul. So what would be more accurate here is that, you know, things get worse before they get better. <laughs> Right. I think that we all resonate with that. We've been through the experience and, uh, you know, that it doesn't end with the ceremony. And actually, it is the starting point. It's the beginning of something. It's like opening a door. But we will talk about this so much more about the whole process. So. Yeah, that, this is a great segue into our next myth, which was that healing is an event. And what I'm hearing you say is that it's not an event. There's a whole process around it, which is what you go into great detail in, in your book. Um, do you want to talk about what the healing process actually looks like? Well, I would just say to give a picture, to use a metaphor that when you are born, when we are born, when anybody is born, we are like a diamond pure and clean and perfect, you know, in a way. And we can say that as life happens, it's layers of like mud and crap and <laughs> other things, you know, cover this little diamond. So after a while, as these things are happening, there will be like a pile of mud and crap around, you know, the diamond. And then we associate ourselves with that. And we start to forget that, that who we really are. So kind of if you look at from this perspective, that a healing process would be a process of remembering of that essence self, of that pure self before the conditioning, before the trauma, before everything happens to us that represented by those layers of mud. And um, therefore, you know, as you go through this process, as it, took a good while you know to pile this on it will take a good while to take it off anybody who been to any kind of therapy or healing process probably has 
this experience and can relate to that this is kind of a layering, you know, a disarmoring, like taking these layers of like peeling the layers of the onion. Some people use this symbol or this metaphor as kind of peeling back, you know, to that essence. So simply because we are in this three-dimensional space and time and there is you know time passing in a linear way it takes physical time obviously to cover this up and it takes physical time to uncover and so even if you think about it just a very logical and (laughs) rational and simplistic way it's kind of quite impossible to undo all the damage within a ceremony within 20, 24 hours, let's say. I'm not saying it's not possible because everything is possible. And I don't doubt that some people might have had those experiences. But in general, with most people, when they go through this type of transformation and integration and healing, then it takes a while. And that's why, you know, it's not accurate to expect <laughs> that you go into a ceremony and after that, everything will be resolved. Yes. Yes, you have such a such a masterful way of explaining this and using really accessible analogies. I knew exactly what you were talking about and I could really visualize it's like my soul is that diamond and that centered and like with the layers and stuff that are coming on top of that, you know, the longer that they're there, the more dried, the more encrusted they are to that. And then essentially you like got to take a chisel to clear out the diamond and then you got to polish it. And, you know, there's so many other different metaphors that you can use to talk about the healing process, but 100% healing is not an event. It is definitely a process. It is multi-layered. It is multifaceted. And I also love that you said, hey, you know, everything's possible. So you could just, bam, become enlightened in one moment, but that's not usual. That's not the typical experience for most people. Totally. It is is a process. And I would like to add also that it is for our benefit. The intelligence of of the human beings and the intelligence of nature also creates this layering as a protection mechanism so um, if you imagine that if all the all the pain would be released all at once like for example the emotional trauma that someone experienced through a whole lifetime or even beyond that if we're talking about ancestral uh, healing and imagine all that being unleashed all at once to be processed this is will much more likely re-traumatize a person instead of helping that person to be healed and integrated. So that's another reason why we normally release things in like smaller packages so we don't get again so overwhelmed and kind of re-traumatized by the healing itself. Does that make sense? Oh my God, that makes perfect sense. And and I'm just thinking about the idea of carrying something. Like, you know, if you're going to take something out to your car or even like bringing the groceries in, you're not going to bring in all of your groceries. Like as much as some people try to like pile on all of their groceries onto their arms and then carry that in. If it was a lot and it requires more than one trip, 
you know, the smaller the load might take longer, but you're less likely to re-injure yourself or to injure yourself to begin with. And it's just a much easier process if you take what you can carry comfortably, then return for the next round. Just like with the healing, it's like, okay, I can handle this much emotionally. I can handle this much healing right now. And the intelligence of nature, like the intuitive wisdom of our body, the intuitive wisdom of the plant spirits and all of the the spiritual beings that are protecting us, they know what we can handle. Totally agree. Yeah, thank you for adding. <laughs> so the next uh, popular myth that I come across all the time is that the more you drink, the better. And <laughs> there is some funny kind of competition taking place, I think, in between some people. It's like, how many times did you drink ayahuasca? Like, how many ceremonies have you done? And then, you know, they kind of put you in some category. My perspective on it is if you just, again, looking at very simple, very logical perspective, the more heal you are, the less medicine you need, period. Like in general, you know, the goal kind of, if we have any kind of goal in terms of healing or integration, that would be, I think, not to need anything, either medicine or another person or a guru or a practice or a substance to be able to feel good and be in our center and embody our loving nature. But again, as we talk, this is a process and we are using medicines, you know, to help us to get there. And I think from this perspective, the more ahead you are on that path, you know, the less medicine you need. I'm not talking about here about people who are training to be you know, shamans or guides who are serving the medicine or holding circles. I mean, there are many other contexts where, you know, it can be indicated or recommended to have a big number amount of ceremony or, or communion physically with the medicine. But in this context where we are talking about when you are doing it for your own healing and self-discovery, um, my experience is that what is really matters is that you are doing that healing work that is required that we talked about at the beginning, that you are doing your own work to heal yourself and to bring back your pieces together. And if you do that, then you will have a result of that, which is healing and integration. And if you don't do that, no matter how many times you go to a ceremony, nothing really will change. And I know a lot of people who've been more than 50 times with the medicine and they still struggle with the same issues that they struggled with when they began their journey. I think that that is not necessary. I have also experience in my practice with people like people that I work with. My program is a year and three months and there is one ceremony included. So there is only one ceremony and there is a one year integration process. And my experience is that everybody who completed the integration process, they had 100% result of whatever their intention was to begin with, you know, for, for their journey, their personal intention, either that physical, mental, spiritual uh, healing, they achieved that through the process, through the healing, through the integration work. I don't think 
like my personal experience is also that I, when I started working with the medicine, I had a bunch of sermons. I had like six or seven ceremonies within three months or something. Like it was a very short amount of time, very high number amount of ceremonies. It totally brought me to a place of complete breakdown. And I decided uh, not to drink, not to participate in ceremony for almost three years because that's how long I needed to integrate and to do that process that was catalyzed with that number of ceremonies that I did before knowing about all this. <laughs> so my experience, my personal experience, and then my experience as a guide for others, and then my experience with seeing people in different contexts shows to me, and I'm again not saying that this is the only truth or the only perspective, but from my perspective, it, it shows that it's not necessary that you drink multiple times that what is what is more important is that you are doing that personal healing work that is required that we're going to more into going more detail in following podcast what that is exactly but that you do that work and if you do that work you will have results and if you don't do that work that you can just go every weekend for ceremony and i'm not saying that your life will not change but it will not not will it will not change to that extent that is possible really for you yeah, I I totally agree with what you're saying because what I'm hearing, what's speaking out the most to me is having that intention and holding that intention through, okay, I'm going to prep. This is what my intention is before I go into this ceremony. I'm going to hold that through the ceremony. And then once the ceremony is closed, once that event has finished, that cycle is over, then you move into the integration process, which is where the transformation happens, which we've mentioned this again and again throughout our podcast. I know just from my own experience of watching my clients and like you were saying, it being a competition, not just on, oh my God, I've had I've had five, I've had 20, I've heard someone have 200 ceremonies. And I was just like, oh my God, why, why do you need that much medicine? Because she was not training to be a shaman. She just liked taking the medicine. I was like, okay. I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from. And, um, but also not just quantity of ceremonies, but like a quantity as an amount of the medicine within the ceremonies. Some of my clients, they'll be like, you know, I think I took a little bit too much during the first ceremony. I don't want to take that much again. And so I'm like, okay, well, how much did you take? Why don't you try half of that? And then, and then if you are not feeling the effects that you would like during the ceremony, then you can maybe increase the dosage a little bit, but just wait for half the ceremony until the shaman invites you to drink again. And even then, sometimes they don't take my recommendations because they still have this Western context of like, more is better, which is not necessarily the truth. Like it can be true, like you said, for some people, but and yeah. it's context, but it's not everyone's truth. And it's always best to trust your own inner wisdom. Absolutely. Thank you for, for bringing this into it because I was thinking the same thing that I personally have experience within ceremony when I had more medicine, like bigger amount of medicine and had very kind of light, peaceful experience. And I also 
had other experiences when I hardly took any kind of, you know, like half of a shot glass or something. And it was like super deep, super intense. So I don't think that, again, the amount within the ceremony, again, matters so much because I have so many examples of contradicting examples of, okay, this happened, but then this person experienced this one. So it's like, as you said, it's so personal and it goes beyond, you know, the mental understanding and it requires a huge amount of trust and intuition. We're going to talk about this, I think, in the next episode a little bit deeper, but this really ties into our next uh, topic, which is that the ayahuasca is a psychedelic experience the ceremony is a psychedelic experience and a lot of people have this expectation of having a big psychedelic journey and seeing the truth of everything and seeing themselves or maybe other beings and uh, also expectation about the purge the vomiting the physical cleansing you know that happens during the ceremony with some people and I think obviously it's hard to have not not to have any expectations, but it's really we cannot we do not know what will happen and why, and simply we can't understand on a mental level what is happening. I I remember when I was in Peru, there was this beautiful woman from Australia and the first three ceremonies that we did and I was like out and I was so sick as a dog and I was like <laughs> tripping my head off and I didn't know what's going on with me and it was super intense and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do another one. And the first, we were in the same place, we were served the same amount of medicine. I think even she got extra because the first three ceremonies, she didn't have any effect. She didn't throw up. She didn't have any psychedelic journey. Like not, she was just like, according to her, was just like sitting there and just like observing, you know, the whole thing and waiting it to be be over. And she was like, why am I not having an experience? And then the next ceremony, she did have an experience, what she expected. In that experience, the medicine showed her all that have happened in the first three ceremonies and she became aware how much work have happened but she did she just wasn't aware you know because she was logged into that expectation that this is what needs to happen this is how it should look like and it didn't look like that and i i, I have experienced many times with my clients that they go to the ceremony and they came back disappointed i would say three out of five people comes back disappointed this is not what i expected <laughs> even though they are prepared and we talk this through and we talk about the expectation and all that but still you know they have very strong expectation about experience about the psychedelic journey and how it will look like and how it will feel like and many times it's not like that and and and, and if we can just open our mind and let go of this expectation then we would be aware of what is really happening on what levels and we would we would really know that that is necessary and that is what we need in that moment even if we are not aware of that that was really really beautifully said nina and what what was coming up for me was i was just thinking about how oftentimes when we play these comparison games and have these expectations that it's geared more towards sensationalism i think in my first in the first episode i talked about how someone had told me that they turned into a tiger and i was like oh my god like 
just the fact that I was going, oh my God, like having this surprise, like, oh my God, this experience sounds wild. This sounds crazy. This, you know, so-and-so had a super visual. So-and-so was vomiting their brains out or so-and-so had to use the toilet 20 times during the ceremony. There's all this like underlying peer pressure, even if no one's saying, oh, hey, your experience is going to be like that. Sometimes we get into this mindset of, oh my God, our, my experience is going to be like that. And in a way it can bring up fear or like with your clients, disappointment that nothing's happening. And like, it's not this like posh and trendy thing. Like it can be made out to believe in, in some of these stories. And I feel like what you were saying from your client experience, it's showing more of the whole picture that there might be physical things happening, even if there aren't things happening visually or other sensations like tingling or shaking and vomiting, you know, there's still healing happening. It just doesn't always look like the, oh, I'm going to see Mother Mary in front of me, or, <laughs> you know? Totally. Yeah, even the purge, uh, not many people know. Most people think that it's like you're going to vomit your guts out. And purge can happen also many shapes and forms. Like a lot of people is through sweating and yawning or being cold, shaking, shivering, you know, like extreme changes of temperature. So it, it's not necessary. It, it, it can really happen in so many ways. And I think the important takeaway here is, again, for experience, it's just an experience. And then what you're going to do with it, how that's going to change your life. And my kind of summary would be that the medicine is an amazing ally to help us to do this healing work that only we can do and to work with that so to create that aliens alliance <laughs> aliens that's different <laughs> to create an alliance and use the gifts that we receive from the medicine that is awareness and to put that into practice and to embody that awareness and this is so many elements of it is the set and the setting and, and, and the whole process and what we do with it that we're going to go into more in detail. But really the main point is that we are the main character in that journey. What you're going to do, how that experience will change your everyday life long term, how it's going to change, how it's going to bring, you know, long lasting results and and positive results that you are desiring that is you know that is the question and and that's what we are focusing on within the therapy with the ayahuasca assisted therapy to put the medicine into the context it comes from context it comes from a very strong shamanic context we want to talk about it but we we just kind of you try to use it in the west like a like a pharmaceutical drug and there is like a huge difference between that so yeah what what would be kind of your summary your takeaway on you know all of the mix that we talked through well first off i love that the nature is affirming <laughs> everything that you say when you say something i'm like oh yeah i really resonate with that one of the birds will go <laughs> i love it 
And I, I just want to highlight that last myth that you covered of that, that the context doesn't matter. That is such a myth. The context is super important. Choosing the set and setting, I think, is one of the most important things as long as well as choosing a guide. In addition to these other things that we've been talking about, particularly the preparation and integration, we've repeated this time and again. Those integration is essential to the healing, but the the set and setting of just feeling safe for like Michael's Casa Galactica, they they specialize in trauma-informed care. They make sure that your ayahuasca ceremony is the safest, that, it, that you feel taken care of, that you can heal on the deepest layer. If you need help, you're not alone. You're not, you haven't been abandoned. There is someone to support you, to hold your hand, to walk you to the toilet, to help you if you can't find your flashlight. All these things that could potentially be very scary in the shamanic context of taking that medicine. Then if you have that proper care and proper treatment there, then you feel safer to let go of some of these deeper wounds. And in addition, there are some people I hear of just taking ayahuasca in their garage or recreationally, and I'm just like, why? In my mind, I'm like, I can't imagine ever wanting to do that. Of course, you know, everything is your own personal choice. But like for me, if your intention is to heal, if your intention is to gain awareness, if your intention is personal growth and developing a connection to that divine essence within you, and you're going to pay attention to where you're going and where you're taking the medicine and integration process and not getting like caught up in all of these myths of myths of the sensationalism and that healing is just an event and that oh i'm gonna drink as much medicine as i possibly can so that the ayahuasca will heal me and i won't have to do this again like there's so much just conditioning that has been packed into ayahuasca in the western context that by us having this conversation conversation i can even feel some of my own conditioning around it just unraveling and melting even more another layer getting removed yes thank you for bringing all of this into the conversation and yeah in the next episode we're going to talk a little bit about the shamanic context and and go a little bit deeper into the preparation i think you know that the main um kind of issue here is the the difference in perception between the West and between a shamanic tribe, you know, or a shamanic tribal setting where the medicine is coming from. So that is a deeply spiritual setting in terms of they are aware of the non-physical realms and they are connected to those realms and to those beings and they can communicate with them and, and, and in their world that's part of that world, the non-physical reality is deeply integrated part of 
their their reality, their world. Uh, while in the West, we we can all agree that we <laughs> focus on a very material side, and, and unfortunately, many people lost touch with the spiritual and energetic side or aspect of us, uh, which is, you know, the real aspect of us, because the body is gonna go away at one point. So when we're talking about preparing or choosing a guide or choosing a place or where is the medicine coming from or who cooked the medicine, these are those spiritual aspects that things are not just physical. So this medicine physically consists of two plants, that's true, but it consists, you know, the energy of the shaman and all the prayers of the grandmothers and the songs that went into it when they cooked that medicine, the, the, where it was harvested, with what intention was harvested, the, the shaman and the plant master who sing over the tea, the brew, when they are cooking it, once it is cooked, and all these energetic impacts are part of that medicine and will part of the effect. And that's what people do not consider in the West when they are ordering ayahuasca on the internet. They do, do not even consider that, you know, it's not just, you know, cooking two plants together in a pot. It's much more goes into that that is non-visible, that is non-physical, that is like crucial part of this ceremony, of this process. So so there is a lot to, to expand to and to talk about. Uh, I'm excited, you know, to dive in uh, next time into the preparation and how to use your intuition, you know, to choose the best guide and the best set and setting and what is that you need to consider, you know if you if you want to go ahead with something like that in a conscious and responsible way yeah amen sister like i'm <laughs> with you 100 percent. so thank you so much nina you have so much knowledge and it's such an honor to get to have these conversations with you um thank you love <laughs> I'm just going to wrap this up because at the end of the day, I feel like it's important for you to do your own investigation, use your common sense and trust your feelings and intuition because like we've talked about this whole episode, it's not about anyone else. This is your healing process. This is your expanding awareness experience. This is, this is all about your intention and your purpose of taking Taking the medicine and so if you're not relying on your own feelings then I feel like you are missing the point would you agree with that yes yes and I think that's also you know part of the process to trust yourself to repair this trust because uh a lot of people don't, are very insecure and don't trust themselves. So we're gonna, you know, talk about that. That this this trusting is it sounds kind of simple, but I understand it's not so easy for many people, and it's part of the healing, I think, to repair that trust and and to restore that intuition. You know, that goes beyond the logic and that goes beyond the intellectual mind, because simply our mind or our intellect is just not prepared, you know, to perceive and to understand all the the mystery that life is mm, indeed love mm. it so we're coming to the end of our time for today so help us grow our tribe by sharing our episodes on your platforms it's the best compliment you can give us stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be discussing the importance of preparation which includes intentionality and choosing a place and a guide for the ceremony 
If you haven't already, sign up for our mailing list to stay up to date on our projects and training and Nina's new book mm -hmm. at avatarhealingarts.com and modernsacredlife.com. And remember, you are the healer and love is the medicine. Love to you all. Much love to you all.